0: also want to remind us to be praying for Stu's family, Stu and Debbie's family. I thought about that as we were finishing up uh, praying. So we want to continue to be praying for you guys and love you guys. Uh, I want to just uh, share, did everybody uh, pick up a handout, a mission handout um, that uh, is there on the back uh, chair there? Uh, if you need one, if you don't mind, just stick your hand up and uh, Larry, these guys will get you a copy of one. But I want to share just uh, tonight a little bit about uh, um, my trip recently over to uh, the Middle East, and then uh, I want to share also with where we are and what we do mission-wise. We don't get to talk about this enough, and and uh, uh, we're uh, constantly engaged in this, but I think uh, it's always healthy for us to be able to look at this and look at an overall uh, viewpoint of, of where we are in missions and and uh, how we do our budget, and what that looks like, and what we're anticipating for uh, 2018. So uh, that's uh, taking place, and um, so as I get started here, I want to just direct your attention to our missions giving here, and uh, our pastor's going to come sit by his wife, is that what you're doing? (laughs) (laughs) Glad you do that, you have an opportunity to sit by your wife, I'm glad, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I thought, what did I say? He's leaving. <laughs> okay, sorry to point you out. We we don't do if you're a guest. We don't do that to you. Just our pastor. All right. Uh, I wanted to just share with you um, as uh, we've been transitioning our staff, and uh, one of the things that I've been privileged to do is just for us to be able to focus more on, uh, for for me personally, to to kind of drill down on where we are in missions and i've enjoyed getting to visit with pastor owen and and just look up for us as a church as to uh, where we are now where we want to be and where you know as we look to the future about what god's calling us to do as a church and our missions giving has always been significant at emmaus that emmaus has always been faithful in how you have given uh, to missions and so today i want to just kind of give you a brief overview of what that looks like, and then I want to share a little bit about uh, from god 's word and and uh, about my trip here, but just so you know that everybody who gives a uh, percentage of every dollar that's given, uh, you look at that percentage giving there at the top. Um, everybody who gives we 're all giving to missions, so every dollar that comes in, a percentage of that is seven percent we give to the cooperative program, one percent we give to the lottie moon. Uh, to uh, Annie Armstrong, and then uh, 0.20% to our our state missions, Edna McMillan, and then to uh, Union Association, we give 1.5%. So that's our overall budget. Our budget's 1.6 million, and that's how we break that up into percentages. Now, I also want you to know that when you give to missions each week, you've got that line item that you'll see on your giving envelope to, to go to missions. What we do with that is at the end of the year, we give on top of what's already been given here. So we give a percentage, and that strictly goes to, uh, we divide that up, uh, a certain percentage goes to Lottie Moon, uh, a certain percentage goes to Annie Armstrong, to Edna McMillan, and then to the children's home next door. That's, we divide that up at the end of the year, and we have a percentage that we do that with, and a majority of that percentage is going to Lottie Moon, I want to say 60% of that is going to, uh, to Lottie Moon. Uh, so it's a way for us to continue to give. So all of your missions giving, uh, all of that's going directly to, to those uh, ministry opportunities. And then we budget uh, uh, here uh, below that. This is how we give our uh, uh, dollar amounts to uh, local ministries here. We support uh, the Metro South Hope Clinic with four thousand dollars now what you see there in the local and global ministries down below is what we are proposing for 2018 uh, and very similar to what we've been giving but I uh, wanted you to have an idea tonight of what this looks like but our Metro South Hope Clinic and if you don't know I've got the address on the back of this sheet uh, that's over off of uh, about 84th and Penn uh, but it's a, a pregnancy center uh, and a great ministry that's taken place there. And just so you know, as um, there are, uh, there's a new abortion clinic that's moved into our area down off of Southwest 44th, across from Southwest Medical, uh, within the last year and a half, and uh, that is uh, right here in our area. Uh, so this ministry has just been an incredible ministry over the years and continues to be, but we support the Metro South Hope Clinic with $4,000. And then we have a designated line item for uh, benevolence uh, out of our budget for $6,000. And that's to help whenever we have people who are calling in that are needing help. And then we've got a system uh, within the office and with a a small team uh, that we handle anything uh, over $150. uh, So it's approved by a team of people. Uh, And then the OU Baptist Student Center down there at the University of Oklahoma, we support them with the $5,000. And then we have a direct mission line item of $12,000. And just, I wanted to, uh, I don't think that's everything, but just give, give you an idea of where that $12,000 goes. Um, that money goes to help pay for Operation Christmas Child, Whiz Kids, Faith Medical Clinic. We uh, do a, a meal there once a month and help to supply them with uh, different things. Uh, Church in the Park, we've done a few things down there in Norman. Uh, MACU International Ministry, this is really not taken off yet, but uh, we've done uh, one big event with them and hoping that uh, we can continue to minister there with them. Uh, Ambassador Baseball, Uh, we've had uh, uh, clinics in our area and we've been supporting them for the last 10 years and just been an incredible ministry of what they do there. Uh, Local College Outreach, Um, Jeff and Others have been helped to Oklahoma City Community College, and then we'll even do things for when freshmen are moving into campus uh, at OU. And So this is on top of uh, how we support them through that line item, but just different opportunities that come up to uh, minister to college students in our area. And then local ministry outreach, if we have uh, uh, something that's coming up and we need to be able to support, we use that direct mission line item. we we minister to the schools uh this year has been uh really cool to see how god's opened up doors for us to be in the elementary schools we do devotions uh tuesday wednesday and thursdays at three different elementary schools from 8:30 30 to 8 45 we meet with teachers and uh, just pray with them share devotion see how we can be praying for them and what uh, opportunities might uh, come from that uh to be able to minister to them uh, and then our Christmas meal bags, uh, we uh, come from that. Uh, this money comes from uh, this line item, Direct Missions. And that's going to be coming up. Uh, we'll be passing those bags out December the 17th. Uh, we'll be doing a church wide luncheon that day. Uh, and then following that luncheon, we'll be going out uh, to uh, pass out these Christmas meal bags. So um, that $44,000 uh, supports those local ministries. And then the global ministries. One of the things that Owen and I have been talking about and just praying about is that how is it that we continue to get people here engaged in missions? And one of those things that we want to be able to do is support our own folks as we go. Now, you see here Emmaus members on mission. I want to define what that is. Emmaus, as we go out and as we plan to go, whether it be to Calgary or to Panama or possibly the Middle East or somewhere like that, we're wanting to invest in our own people to be able to go. And so we're wanting to, uh, right now we've got $250 for 30 people uh, that could help them go to one of these trips. So we're, we're wanting to invest in our own people. So a trip may be $1,500, and immediately we can say that we've got $250 that we're going to be able to pay towards that trip. And so we're going to start investing in our own folks to be able to go uh, and to be able to do that. And then you see Emmaus students on mission. Our students uh, every summer are challenged to go with Go students. Uh, we've got Miriam over in uh, um, uh, Russia. Uh, so this gives us a line item that we can give depending on how long the trip is. So a Go student trip may be a week or two. We can give up to $250 with that. If somebody's a student's gone for a semester, uh, we could give up to $500 with that. So just uh, that's a little bit of a line item there for us to be able to invest in our students as they go. So the Emmaus members on mission are basically mission trips that Emmaus sponsors, and we're engaging our people to help them be able to go. And the Emmaus students uh, is just a, a ministry that we approve of of uh, being able to go. Uh, the Calgary mission, this is something that started in 2017. This has been a great ministry, uh, new church work, Multiply Church, Chris Flora and his family uh, and they're in a, a, a community called Silverton, is that correct? And uh, they are um, launching, uh, their, they're going to have their first service, uh, I guess, in their, their new location in February, at the end of February, the, I think it's February 26th. And so uh, just to let you know what that partnership looks like, that $17,000, here's how that's divided up. What we do is uh, Chris works with the N- uh, North America Mission Board. And we uh, send $1,000 a month to the North American Mission Board, and then they pay his salary. That goes to help pay his salary. So I want you to be able to see how that that works, and it's a great ministry, great opportunity for a lot of accountability there. And then the other $5,000 from that $17,000 is uh, if there's needs that they have in the church, uh, like we're going to help them do some advertising, uh, uh, and they're moving into a movie theater, And so we're going to pay for a month's advertising uh, for them to be able to promote uh, the the start of their church, uh, February the 26th. So they're leading up to that. And Chris and them have done an incredible job of uh, really uh, reaching out there. So uh, there's an opportunity for us to go. We are looking at two trips to go there uh, this next uh, year, 2018, that uh, we're wanting to go uh, for February uh, and I looked at prices just this afternoon. Ticket prices for a plane round trip plane ticket are around three forty, uh, and um, uh, so we can get some people to go. So if you can give up a week uh, to go uh, February nineteenth through the twenty sixth, love for you to join me uh, in going up there. Or if you can only go like Thursday through Sunday, uh, love for you to to visit with me and and uh, we'd love to get you up there so that we can help them that first day that first service. We'll go. Uh, helping them pass out invite cards and, and doing a number of different things for that first service. Uh, and then in July, we'll have another opportunity for our families to be able to go and minister up there like we did this last July. Um, going on down to uh, the Panama Mission, uh, Amy Hicks' parents, in fact, they're here in town. Uh, Brandon Hicks is getting married this weekend, so uh, look forward to, after the wedding's over, uh, getting to visit with Jim and Emma and, and uh, visiting with them. And just to let you know about what happens in Panama, Jim and Emma uh, Inglesby live there in uh, David, Panama. And they have connected with a local church. And this church, since the time that Jim and Emma have been there, they have really grown in influence and in ministry over the region. In fact, International Mission Board has tapped into them to be able to use them Uh, And Pastor Ricardo there uh, in helping to train other pastors, so doors continue to open up there, and uh, we look forward just to how we can connect uh, with them there in David. And uh, we helped last time Jim was here. We helped gave them the final $800 to finish purchasing their land uh, for a building uh, there in David. And so uh, my prayer is that there's going to be an opportunity to open up for us to be able to go down and help with their, uh, their building in some form or fashion. Uh, and then another group going back in uh, July. Uh, and then Brian and Lena Welch, who serve in the Ukraine with the International Varsity Fellowship. You've met Brian and Lena, and they're back over there with their three girls, and uh, look for opportunities to do that, and love to see how we can get over there in uh, 2019. And then Brad Westham, uh, if you don't know who Brad is, Brad's a great guy. He, in fact, he's related to uh, Rich and Phyllis Elliston, um, but Brad works for, uh, serves with uh, Mission Aviation Fellowship, and uh, it's a small um, uh, commitment that we make, but it's a great ministry with Mission Avi- Aviation Fellowship. So that kind of gives you a big picture, real quick, of, of what that uh, ministry looks like, and, and we can drill down a little bit. I want to let you know, too, uh, as a church family, uh, we always have people that are looking for ways to serve. How can we connect in our community? And I wrote several things down on the back of this, just so you have addresses and uh, contacts and and who to 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 get in touch with. John Rhodes uh, does a great job in uh, connecting people to Whiz Kids, and they meet down at Exchange Avenue Baptist Church. And I would say this: we do a big push before school starts, but they're always looking for tutors. They're always looking for people to help fill in uh, to be able to do that. They do that on Tuesday afternoons at Exchange Avenue Baptist Church, and. I know John and those who are working, uh, ministering there with WizKids would love to have you join them. Uh, One of the things that's happened since the 2013 tornado is we've had some ministries pop up in our community that are significant and being able to help our community. Uh, One of those is the Moore Food Resource Center, uh, and it's over there off of Shields. Uh, Several of you have been over there to help serve, and uh, it's a great opportunity to Uh, engage people. If people are coming to look for food, now we have the blessing box, but we also can send them over to uh, uh, the Moore Food Resource Center, and they can go in and shop, uh, and uh, uh, it's not just somebody giving them a sack of groceries. There's a lot of dignity in what's taking place over there with Moore Food Resource Center. Uh, The Faith Medical Clinic, uh, they meet over at the Serve More Community Renewal Center, uh, they've just finished remodeling a whole area there, and we were able to help a little bit this summer with that. But uh, they're in their new space, and uh, they meet every Thursday night. And one of our commitments as a church is that we provide a meal for them every fourth Thursday night of the month. And uh, so Sunday school classes, I know I have a Sunday school class that's doing it this, this month. And if you're interested in doing that, it's a great way uh, to, uh, uh, together to be able to serve and to serve their volunteers Um, The Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children, Scott and Patty Conrad go to church here, but I put Jim Stewart. Jim is the uh, coordinator for Volunteers Next Door, and uh, just an incredible ministry, and once again, I'm thankful for the ministry that we have next door. And if you're not familiar with what happens next door at the children's home, not only do they do congregate care with children in the uh, uh, Thompson Cottage here, uh, that uh, you can see from our campus. But in the older cottages, uh, older uh, facilities that they have, they've ministered to, uh, to young moms and uh, with children. Uh, they call it the, the HOPE program, uh, HOPE Children's Program. And this has been an incredible ministry. In fact, uh, we've, got a young, we've got some young ladies that are coming to Emmaus uh, that are a part of that ministry. And uh, I've got a friend, uh, Jessica, who grew up in our youth ministry uh, my last church, and she's going there and just an incredible ministry that's taking place uh, there next door to us. Um, and then I've shared a little bit about Metro South Hope Clinic. Uh, church in the Park that meets at Andrews Park on Friday nights at 6 o'clock. This is something several of our folks have gone down and helped with, and I uh, just wanted you to be aware of that, that that continues to go on every Friday night. Uh, Operation Christmas Child, um, I'm sure that you've heard a little bit about it. Where's Deanna? Uh, Deanna will make sure that if you haven't she would love to visit with you uh, and uh, all of that but uh, I tell you Emmaus uh, oh there she is back there okay she's hiding Um, but uh, uh, we're our goal is 800 shoeboxes this year correct Deanna and uh, we are uh, as we collect that and then the other thing that Emmaus does is we are a regional uh, collection site so we will need volunteers to help load trucks and uh, to help Ann Darling and and uh, Patsy Payne uh, to be able to be volunteers uh, for that during those days of November the fifteenth through the twentieth, uh, leading up to uh, Thanksgiving, and then uh, a fun thing that uh, that we do in going out door to door is uh, doing our Christmas meal bags on uh, December the seventeenth. And I've I've got to let you know that that's probably one of the 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 neatest things that we do as a church, in my opinion of. Uh, being able to just go out and knocking on somebody's door, and it's always warmly received by people. Uh, if you go knock on somebody's door and tell them you're with the church, more than likely it's going to be shut in our face. But when we have the opportunity to be able to give them a Christmas meal, I've seen people, uh, we give them the meal, and there's a gift certificate to GFF, and they'll get in their car, and they're headed to GFF immediately after we give that to them. And just an incredible opportunity for us to be able to get in our neighborhoods. And then also, not just that. And I don't want to be just a one-time a year where we're doing that. This last summer, we were able to go into those apartment complexes and do a uh, children's camp. And this summer, we're wanting to do the same thing. Uh, so we'll we'll look at uh, doing that. And that, in fact, I don't even think I have that on there. Our family missions at local, I didn't share about that. But that's what that money goes towards in engaging our families to uh, to be involved locally. Uh, and then global short-term ministry opportunities. I think I've shared all of those with you. So that's kind of uh, an overview real quick. I would love to visit with you uh, if uh, you're interested in any of these things. And I'm I'm sure I've already thought of a couple things I forgot about. Uh, We've been uh, extremely involved with disaster relief. Uh, We've had probably 20, 21 people that have been down in Houston since the end of August, Uh, different people that have gone down there uh, with the shower trailer ministry. In fact, uh, James Waterman's going to pick it up Monday. It's been down uh, in Houston since uh, August the 26th, 27th, and uh, um, James is going down to pick it up. They just finished with it. They called yesterday and told us they were done with it, so it's been in use that whole time, and we're bringing it back, and um, one of the gentlemen down there uh, gave us a uh, uh, on-demand gas heater, so we're going to kind of upgrade it when we get back, and Look at putting some air conditioning in it after it's been in Houston. Uh, It doesn't have air conditioning. (laughs) So, uh, But once again, people's faithful giving at Emmaus, somebody's given money towards that and being able to help. So that allows us to be able to do those things. We had it up in the ice storms uh, up in Laverne uh, earlier this year. And then again, when they had all the fires up in northwest Oklahoma, and uh, it froze up on us up there and all that. So there will be some neat upgrades that we'll be able to do with that. Uh, so that's a great ministry. And then we have uh, a couple of us are going down to Houston, November the 5th through the 11th uh, to, uh, to work down there with, uh, at Spring Baptist Church. We've got teams that are coming in from New Mexico and Illinois uh, to do mud outs. And uh, we're going to be going down there to uh, help lead uh, with that for that week. So be praying for, for that. All of these opportunities as Emmaus Baptist Church, how is it that we continue to engage? What is it that God's called us to do? And when we look, I want to invite you to turn to your Bibles. One of my favorite verses is Philippians one twenty-one. I want you to turn to um, Philippians one twenty. Philippians one twenty says, "My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything." but that now, as always, with all boldness, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. And then in verse 21, for me living is Christ and dying is gain. God created us to know him and bring him glory. And as we talk about missions, as we talk about engaging uh, a lost and dying world, I I want us to know that our goal isn't just to, to come here and to be in holy huddles and and, uh, just that we're just fellowshipping with one another. In fact, church, I want to let you know that probably one of the most exciting things that I think about is how we use our facility on a weekly basis. Uh, I don't think you have an idea of how this building is used in incredible ways. And if I could brag on our building staff for all that they do. In fact, we're we're looking at hiring another building staff uh, this next year. But uh, I'm thankful for how hard they work. But all the activities that take place on Monday nights, we have a men's Bible study fellowship. We have about 60 to 80 men that meet in our uh, worship center. And then we've got men's basketball and kids' basketball teams that are in here, a men's Bible study that's happening on Monday nights. And on Tuesday nights, we've got basketball teams that are meeting in here. We've got banquets that are happening. Last night, we had the Westmore Volleyball uh, banquet here. And uh, so they were here. And this building is used a lot. And uh, when you... Uh, Voted to remodel this room. This room has just been incredibly used in incredible ways Uh, We had a wedding reception here Saturday night uh, that got run out by the tornado uh, and uh, uh, Different things like that and and we've got teams that are using it So every night this facility is being used and uh, I just want you to know that These doors are open to our community and uh, it what it does is it builds relationships uh, last night, uh, Charlie from GFF, who I always buy our gift certificates, first time I had ever seen him in our building, but there was an immediate connection, and, and uh, just it, it opens up doors for conversation uh, and uh, continue to be able to build relationships. And then last night, one of the teachers said, you guys aren't going to let us get out of your building, are you? And so just, just continuing to uh, open up our doors to the community. We have the neighborhood associations that come in and use our building God created us to know Him and to bring Him glory, And if it's something as simple as using a facility, to open the doors uh, to others. And then, uh, and, and then a, a passage that I hope my prayers that all of us are familiar with look at Matthew 28 verses 19 through 20. And uh, when we look at the, the great commission of what we've been asked to do, uh, the calling that uh, is on us in uh, chapter Matthew 28. Verses 19 through 20. I got my big print Bible now. It's a lot further over here than I thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Matthew 28, 19, 20 says, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Church, family, That's not an individual calling. That's not a calling just for a few people. That's a calling for us as a church to be able to go to a lost and dying world. And so uh, my prayer, our prayer is that uh, not only are we going to be growing in our faith, that you and I are going to be encouraging each other and challenging one another to grow in our relationship with Christ, but we're going to continue to be um, uh, fulfilling what the Great Commission is. And that's a that's something for all of us. And so as we talk about missions and we talk about reaching our world for Christ, this isn't something for a select few. This isn't something for those who have a higher calling. This is something that God's giving us as the church together to be able to go uh, and uh, share the gospel. And then I believe that's from our doors to the end, ends of the earth. Uh, and uh, as we have that opportunity to do that, I, I want you to know this, that there is none of us here that, uh, that God hasn't gifted to not be able to participate in that. Uh, and uh, uh, so as I, I look at uh, uh, who's going to go on a mission trip, I want you to know that we're looking at everybody. You know, who, who, is, who is God calling? He's calling all of us. And uh, you know what? Uh, and, and being reminded that uh, it's not uh, uh, either one of us, you or I, that are responsible uh, for whether or not we lead somebody to Christ. God's the one who saves people. And as we go... God's Committee Faithful, and I, we've, been, we've been taking a class on uh, Sunday nights, and I love the title of it. Uh, Alvin Reed wrote a book, uh, Sharing Jesus Without Freaking Out, and there's been about 12, 15 of us in there on Sunday nights, and it's been an incredible conversation as we've talked about um, us just engaging in cos- gospel conversation with people in our circle of influence, and I, I want to just encourage us as a church that uh, we would be having gospel conversations with one another, uh, and uh, and I want to share the eight principles that Alvin Reed shares in his book, real quick. But uh, one of the things I, I always laugh about uh, when uh, we do premarital counseling, uh, they're always nervous about coming in to do premarital counseling, and uh, uh, it's always funny to get the you know why they're nervous and all of that, and you can hear some pretty humorous stuff about why they're nervous and. And then they think, what in the world could Jim share with me that would help? And uh, uh, but one of the things that I always love to do with our young couples is uh, we we I, I I tell them a week before. I said next week when we get together, uh, we're going to talk about our faith journey. And I I just kind of phrase it that way. I want to leave it open ended. I don't want to lead them down a trail of what I'm looking for. I just want to hear their story. I want to hear. Uh, uh, their faith journey, what that looks like. I want to uh, uh, listen uh, to them and, and do they know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And I think it's D.L. Moody who said, you know, I continue to have conversations with people about Christ until I'm fully convinced that they know Christ. And uh, uh, just us being able to do that. So one of the conversations that I always love having with our young couples is uh, their faith journey and what that looks like. And out of that... Uh, just all kinds of questions can come up, whether or not they've trusted Christ their personal Lord and Savior, or if they have a a view of of Christianity or or whatever that may be. It really comes out as they begin to share their story. And I want to encourage us as a church family that we are, that we're having gospel conversations. And I love what Alvin Reed says uh, in his principles. He said, God created you for his glory to advance his gospel with the gifts, talents, and opportunities that he gave you. That's the first principle. The second principle is this. And, I, and and by the way, as I, I share this principle, I always uh, got really concerned that I talked to myself a lot, okay? Uh, and my kids did too, and my wife, you know, what, what are you saying? Uh, it's just, and, and when I read this, I thought, okay, thanks, Alvin. Uh, he, he says this, in order to share Jesus confidently and consistently with others, first, share him confidently and consistently with yourself. <laughs> so I thought, yes. He gave us that opportunity to talk to herself and, and just an opportunity for us to be able to talk through the gospel with, our, with ourselves and what is it that we understand about the gospel and what is it that we need to, to grow in and understanding. His third principle is shifting from giving an evangelistic presentation to having an evangelistic conversation takes pressure off the witness and relates the gospel more clearly to an unbeliever. His fourth principle God has sovereignly placed you in this world at this time with the abilities and gifts that you have to bring glory to Him and show the joy of the gospel to others. Number five, effective evangelistic conversations connect the unchanging gospel with the specific issues that people face. Number six, expect people to be open to the gospel and learn to share Jesus where they live. Number seven, talk to the actual person in front of you about the Jesus inside of you. Let them see and hear change that Jesus makes in you. And then number eight, developing a lifestyle of sharing Jesus consistently flows out of a plan to share Jesus regularly. One of the things that we've talked about on Sunday nights is, you know, uh, we've all probably have taken a witnessing course uh, where we have an outline and all of that, and, and what we have talked about is that uh, a lot of times we stumble over that and we get nervous that we're messing it up, and then what happens is we don't share the gospel, and we, 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 we get intimidated by that. And we just kind of need to remove that fear out of the way. I, with, with sharing these things, I want to just share a little bit about uh, last week, what I had the privilege to be able to do. Kennedy and I were given an incredible opportunity. Uh, my brother-in-law called me uh, late one night and said, Jim, his daughter, my, my niece and her husband are serving uh, in an area about an hour outside of Dubai. So my brother-in-law called me one night and said, Jim, I found great plane ticket prices. I'll buy you and Brooke and Kennedy a plane ticket to go to Dubai. <laughs> well, I've never had that offer given to me. <laughs> so I, uh, And he said, I need to know in 30 minutes. And <laughs> so I, I texted Owen real quick, can I be gone to Dubai? <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, Owen overwhelmingly just real supportive of that. And so um, anyways, we had the opportunity to be able to go and Uh, Brooke couldn't get away because of school but Kennedy and I uh, uh, she visited with her professors up at UCO and they were very gracious and of course it was fall break and uh, worked out really great for us to be able to go and so we went uh, and uh, I was I I think I was a little more nervous about being in an airplane for 16 hours Uh, but we flew directly from Dallas to Dubai Uh, great flight and all of that and I'm. I I told you I'm getting old. I've got my big print Bible. I'm talking to myself, and I bought compression socks. So, um, so uh, I'm getting old, man. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, uh, but as we, we go over there, I've got to tell you, it wasn't just a fear of you know the plane ride. I was worried that man. I don't have anything in common with these people. I don't. I don't know enough about Islam. I don't know enough about. Who they are? How in the world, God? How are you going to use me? What what does this look like? And I don't think I'm the only one who thinks that way. In fact, I think a lot of my perceptions of what I think about the Middle East have been shaped what we see on television and what we read in media and all of that. And you could you can't help but think some of those things. And so as we get over there, um, we uh, get in land in Dubai and and. uh, Josh and Millie pick us up at the airport and uh, immediately take us around, just kind of drove us around so we could see the city of Dubai. And I think uh, that was kind of the view. It's a huge city. Uh, you see the Burj Khalif, the tallest building in the world there, and uh, just uh, an incredible city. Uh, but it's basically a city that's been built on the back of slaves. Uh, it is, uh, They're bringing people in from India and Uh, Pakistan and all of that and they basically take their visas away from them and it's just not a a good thing but you wouldn't know that driving through there you wouldn't know it seeing it but uh, you know it's happening and uh, uh, so we had the opportunity uh, to be able to uh, do that Uh, we went and we were staying about an hour outside of Dubai uh, which is uh, where we were was about 10 miles from Iran across uh, they call it the Arabian Gulf on that side of uh, the, the gulf there and on the other side they call it the Persian Gulf because Iranians being Persian and all that but I'll let, leave that to them uh, and then we were about five miles from Oman, uh and uh, uh, that's where we were and just a beautiful country and and then you begin to think about um, just uh, all the history that has been there uh, through the years and it was a beautiful area Remember, I told you I I don't know what we're going to have in common with you know somebody with Islam, but Josh and Millie have done an incredible job of building relationships with people. Uh, Josh, here's what Josh does. Josh works for a company there, and their goal they're contracted with IMB, the International Mission Board, and his goal is to work with companies to get people over there for two year stints to work, uh, whether that be as a school teacher, a nurse, an engineer. Whatever that may be, and they're working with these companies in the area, but they're also there serving as missionaries. It'd be much like what you and I are doing today, and uh, we're just we're working. But as we as we are going, we have the opportunity to be able to share the gospel. So Josh has a job. Millie really didn't have a job. So Millie, with Facebook, um, there was a, a party in her complex where they were staying, and so she went and. Millie has had an incredible opportunity to build into the lives of the women uh, there. They have opened up to Millie. Now, I will say this. You're walking through the mall, and you see all these nationalities, and I think I counted five blondes, and Millie is one of those. So I know she sticks out like, like crazy, but uh, she has an incredible ministry to these moms and, and to this. And so the couple that I, uh, on this next slide here, uh, we went into, and this is a couple that has grown in, grown up there in the Emirates, but uh, uh, they're called ex- expats. Uh, they don't have uh, citizenship there in the Emirates. Uh, they actually are from, uh, from India, even though they never lived there. And um, this young lady's name, this couple's name, is uh, Razuk and Sonya. And just to tell you a little bit about it, I, I thought, how in the world am I going to be able to connect with them? Of course, Josh and Millie had a relationship with them. Well, he's got a smoker outside, and I'd heard about it a little bit, and so I asked him, I said, well, I heard you're the barbecue guy, and he's, so he just lit up, and he's, he said, have you ever heard of Ponca City? <laughs> now, now, by the way, there's all English and all of that, so, so you, you know you worry about what is it that you're going to have in com- common with them? He said, have you ever heard of Ponca City? And immediately, we stood out on that back patio, and he had a, we just had this great conversation But really what we need to remember, too, as we're thinking about this, a lot of times when we're visiting with somebody, we're thinking that, okay, where's the gospel presentation? We may be one of many conversations that we have before somebody comes to know Christ. And what was fun to sit around that family's uh, living room that night was to hear Millie and Josh interject scripture uh, as we had just crazy conversation and Millie you know said well that's like King Solomon in the Bible he said you know says this and it was just fun to listen to them how they weaved in conversation talking about the gospel uh, with this couple and um, Sonia there in this picture the wife uh, the next picture there with Millie and Kennedy Sonia is somebody who they believe is close to coming to know Christ um, and just God just continues to use Millie and uh, being able to have that uh, conversation The next couple here, uh, this is, uh, uh, we went out with another couple. This couple's from um, Pakistan. And uh, this is uh, uh, Muhammad uh, Sharuk and his family. And Muhammad is close to coming to know the Lord. Uh, And just uh, conversations of being able to have with them. Uh, These are Muslims. These are, uh, but I will say this they were the nicest people. Uh, One of the things that Millie talked about said, you know, as you come over here, uh, just, be remember, just remember that these are good people. They're great people. Uh, and uh, just to kind of give you an idea of where we were, the town we were in, Ross Al-Kheim, uh two of the 9-11 hijackers went to school there, and when their government found out that two of the hijackers went to school there, they immediately showed up that day, and they shut down the school immediately. They want nothing to do with uh, terrorism in their area. Of course, it's going to hurt their economy, all of this. Uh, but this is the area that we're in. Pakistan here, you, you have to be invited to be able to go into Pakistan. Two weeks ago, they invited Josh and Millie to go with them to, for some big celebration there in Pakistan. And uh, uh, they were able to go and meet their family and just continue to open up doors to be able to have conversations. So those next uh, three slides are with their family. Uh, one of the things that uh, we had the opportunity to be able to do was go to a, a, a mosque uh, there in Dubai. And um, I was looking forward to being able to do that just to be able to understand what it is that Islam is, what it is that they believe. So we went in and they, they talked through the tenets. They actually demonstrated the prayers with a, a gentleman there. And uh, we talked. they talked through, uh, you could ask questions and, and all of that. And so uh, it, was, it was very informative uh, to be able to hear um, about uh, Islam and what took place, what what they believe. And I will say this, that they're extremely knowledgeable of uh, the Bible, of the Old Testament. And so it's a wrong understanding. It's like uh, Josh told me. He said, uh, you know, it's just like uh, the health and wealth gospel. Uh, They believe uh, uh, something completely different. So you just got to think of that they they believe a false truth. And, and, uh, you know, how is it that you are able to share truth uh, with them? But we were able to uh, uh, to go with them. And then we got into a did my first uber uh and he got his first goober uh to to give a ride there in dubai and uh but he was from pakistan i'm the goober so don't think i was making fun of him um but he was from pakistan and and just to tell you about how in the world do we how do you talk to somebody about the gospel in a short so here we had oh we were in the car maybe 15 minutes and when he shared he was from pakistan uh, Millie in the back seat says, well, we just got back from Pakistan. And so that it opened up this conversation. I wish I would have recorded it. I told uh, my brother-in-law, I was so My niece is 23 years old. I was never more proud of her in how she weaved in the gospel and talking to this guy from Pakistan and just talk. It was just so cool to be able to, to experience and to be able to see. And, uh, that night we were sitting there talking with Josh and Millie and, and, uh, uh, okay. I, I've watched this little girl grow up, you know, and uh, I felt like I was sitting at somebody's feet, just taking it all in and learning. In fact, I pulled out my phone. And I said, I've got to take notes. And uh, so I wrote down some things. And, and this is what Josh and Millie taught me uh, last week. And I, I, I got to tell you, last week was fun for us to be able to go and to visit. But at the same time, it was good for me just to be able to, to be in a different culture and to be reminded of. And Millie said this, you got to remember that God is always at work. He's always at work. We tend to put him in a box. We, and she said he is actively pursuing people. And what I saw last week was, I would think in a foreign culture, people not knowing, um, you know, not me not being familiar with Islam, I saw that God was actively pursuing these people, and He was using conversations uh, to be able to continue to draw uh, them to Himself and. uh, so that's uh, one of the notes that I took that night. It was just, I, I laughed. I said, Y'all are going to laugh at me. I'm going to write this, this stuff down. And here's the funny thing about it it's not rocket science. You and I are, we know this. And we're reminded of this. God is actively pursuing people, He's actively at work. And so when we think about that in a, in a, a hard place like in the Middle East, God is actively pursuing people. And, and, and by the way, I felt safer there than I do here. <laughs> I saw four uniformed police officers. Uh, they could get a text driving down the road that said they just got a speeding ticket with all the cameras and all of that. Um, but uh, uh, we've got to be reminded that God is actively pursuing people. And you and I have in gospel conversations, one of our couples said, uh, You know, I never really heard my husband's uh, testimony until Pastor Owen asked me about it in our uh, membership. Uh, we were talking about membership. And uh, I want to ask us, when was the last time we had a gospel conversation with our spouse? Tell me about your relationship with the Lord. Are you growing in your relationship with the Lord? And even to the point of, tell me about when you came to know Christ. And talk to our kids about that. that. What is that like? Us having gospel conversations with one another. Remember, it's not bad to talk to yourself about it, having those gospel conversations with yourself. But having gospel conversations with each other. And, and so for us, doing that in our families, doing that in our Sunday school classes, doing that as a church, having gospel conversations, how did I come to know Christ? How am I growing in my faith now? We, we don't talk about it enough. And so for us to be able to have those conversations with one another and then carrying that on into our circle of influence as we, that continues to grow in our, in our community and those that are our neighbors and, and everybody, having those gospel conversations because we need to be reminded that God is actively pursuing people. Um, God has, and, and go back to this, God has sovereignly placed you in this world at this time with the abilities and gifts that you have to bring glory to him and show the joy of the gospel to others. Uh, and uh, we've got to remember that God is actively pursuing people. We've got a couple of other pictures here of uh, just the city. We were, uh, went between two marketplaces, and I, and I just wanted you to see just the, how huge this city is. Uh, and, uh, we went uh, into uh, the gold market. They have a gold market there, and I couldn't get Kennedy and Millie to do the BC Clark commercial with the, the guys in the turbans, but uh, I tried. <laughs> I thought it would make a great commercial, uh, but uh, uh, I'm the old guy they were embarrassed about, so, but it was fun. Um, uh, and I want to share this story with you as a as close. Millie and Josh had a group from Henderson Hills, uh, their home church. Uh, come over, and it was some college students. And there are a ton of malls there in Dubai. Uh, it's, it's where the air conditioning is, so everybody goes there. And, um, but ton of malls. And she said, I took these kids to the, the biggest mall in the world, is there in Dubai uh, under the Burj Khalif. And um, she said, I just want you to go have gospel conversations with people. Just find people to have gospel conversations with. So she sent these college students out, these girls out, and they met uh, two ladies. And uh, they were from Saudi Arabia. So they were in conversation. Where are you from? Well, my mom's actually from Saudi Arabia. I live uh, in the United States. Well, where do you live? I live in Edmond, Oklahoma. And uh, these girls are from Edmond, Oklahoma. Well, what do you do in Edmond? Well, I go to school at UCO. These girls were students at UCO. Where do you live? Live in the same apartment complex. (laughs) Okay? Talk about a world where... It's, it's really big. Uh, and well, I'm telling you something you already know. Um, but uh, God is actively pursuing people. He's actively pursuing people. And so, a meeting like that, do you think that God has something in mind for what's going to take place there? Uh, they've had uh, two young ladies who have recently come to know the Lord through their college ministry there, and uh, one from Saudi Arabia, not the same girl, but one from Saudi Arabia. And was baptized about three weeks ago. Uh, And and then another young lady who has trusted Christ. She's fearful to tell her family and all of that because of uh, what could take place. But uh, being able to do that, it's a small world, but God's actively pursuing people. He's at work. And uh, just a reminder to us tonight as a church family. So as we leave here, I wanted to kind of give you a, a, a just kind of a a real quick glimpse of of what we do with our missions money, and then I just want to ask you, to, as a church, to be praying how you're you are going to engage in missions. And maybe that's something local here, but I do believe that every one of us could be going, we could be praying, or we can be giving, uh, we can be doing one of those three, three things to be actively engaged in taking the gospel uh, to our local community and all around the world. And I firmly believe this, that God just continues to open up doors. Uh, just last week, uh, we've, we uh, got an email from uh, one of the churches there in Panama asking uh, that needing a group to go to Bogota, Colombia. So um, opportunities are always going to be there. They're not always going to be right opportunities for us, uh, but opportunities are always there for us to be able to go. But know this, opportunities are in front of us every day, wherever we are, wherever God has placed us, and uh, just that we would be um, obedient and being faithful to have those gospel conversations and continue to point people to Christ, and that one of our conversations is going to be a part of several that lead somebody to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love, and I thank you for my church family, and I pray that we would be reminded just of our opportunity to encourage one another and to provoke one another unto love and to good works, not forsaking or assembling together, but God, I pray that uh, as we go about our, our daily lives, that we wouldn't look at our, our church as a time that we meet on Wednesday nights and Sundays, and um, that we would look at uh, our fellowship as 24-7, that we have the opportunity to pray for one another, to encourage one another, and to, to, to uh, cheer each other on as we have gospel conversations with those in our circle of influence. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would move in people's lives and that we would just simply be faithful and be obedient uh, to uh, telling others about you. We love you, and it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.